I believe angels walk the earth. And if you're lucky enough to run into one, consider yourself lucky enough to run into one. You don't always know it, but these people change lives. It takes grit, but they do it. You're going to meet an angel. Next, Dr. Joseph Melian on Dash of Grit. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. Folks, I love grit, and I love the idea of building something from scratch, but I love it even more when it's something that comes from the heart, and when it's something that matters, and when it's something that you're doing for somebody that makes a difference and pulls them through a spot that they didn't want to be in in the first place, and when that's your life's goal and your life's mission, and you're able to do that for a profession... Life is good. And I can't wait for you to meet our guest today on A Dash of Grit. He is Dr. Joseph Melian, one of the founders and still uh, practicing a little bit at the very successful Melian Orthodontics, two occasions, Medina and Fairlawn. Dr. Joseph Melian, welcome to the show. This is Dash of Grit. Hello, Brian. Thank you. It's great seeing you again. And thank you again for uh, inviting me on your podcast. Great to see you too. You know, people ask me, how do you get on the Dash of Grit show? And I say, you know, you have to be successful. What does that mean? Well, it means you've got a dream and you haven't quit yet trying to figure it out. And when I met you, Dr. Joe, I could tell there was a light in your eye that wasn't ready to retire, that was extremely proud of all the things that you've done. And, and I told you this, you have changed lives. To me, that's as gritty as it gets. I want to thank you for all that in advance. And I can't wait to hear your story, but that's what today's going to be about. Thank you. Dr. As Joe, I, would you, uh, yeah, what's that? Yeah. As you said, uh, I'm Joe Melian. I'm an orthodontist. Yep, yep. Uh, I practice with my two sons, Zach and Alex. And I guess the first question is, what's an orthodontist? Uh, an orthodontist is a specialist uh, in dentistry. I guess a good way to say it is all orthodontists are dentists, but very few dentists are orthodontists. Uh, to become an orthodontist, uh, you have two and a half to three years of specialty training after dental school. Um, so it takes uh, a lot of passion and a lot of time to be uh, involved in your profession and to grow in your profession. And we're going to talk all about that and all the passion that you've been able to show. Before we do, let's talk about success a little bit. Let's talk about the uh, uh, Million Orthodontics, the locations, the success you've had. Brag a little bit. You've built something good there. Tell me about success. Well, like I said, my oldest son, Zachary, and my youngest son, Alex, are in practice with me. I really should say I'm in practice with them at this point. Um, and I really need to go back to when I was in high school, in 10th grade. I met an orthodontist. Uh, I always thought I wanted to be uh, an engineer. And after I talked to him, I thought, I like this dental idea. I loved orthodontics. I ended up working for him for five years, learning lab work uh, before I went to dental school. And I did all his lab work for five years. And then I taught my brother and then I taught my next brother. So they kind of succeeded me through that process. and I, you know, I said I wanted to be an engineer. Well, I ended up in engineering because it's biomedical engineering. That's what, that's what we do in orthodontics. Oh, okay. okay. Um, as I said, I began to practice in 1980. And now I practice part-time, very part-time with my sons. They run everything, and I go in and help them out 
uh, and still sees patients from time to time. Um, I was born and raised in West Akron, and I'm the fifth of seven children. I have four older sisters, two younger brothers. My wife, Diane, and I have three children. Uh, my oldest is Zachary, again, who is an orthodontist. His wife is a veterinarian. They have three children. I have a daughter, Sarah, who's a pediatric emergency physician uh, in Colorado Springs. She has two children, and her husband is a cardiologist. And my youngest son, Alex, is married uh, to a pediatric dentist who has an office in Medina. And they have three children. Um, Zach and Alex and I are all past presidents of the Akron Dental Society. I'm a past president of the Ohio Dental Association. Uh, I was also executive director of the St. Louis Orthodontic Education and Research Foundation for 18 years. And I still am the chairman of the Callahan Commission, which is a subsidiary of uh, the Ohio Dental Association. My sons and I are all board certified. So not all orthodontists are board certified. We are. Okay. Uh, we use traditional braces, both metal and clear. And we are also a, a top Invisalign provider in Northeast Ohio. Uh, we treat adults, we treat children, we, children, we treat children with special needs, uh, craniofacial problems such as cleft palates and all. Uh, we treat uh, jaw disorders, uh, obviously malaligned teeth, poor bites, things like that. Um, all three of us graduated from Case Western Reserve University. That's where we got our doctorates in dentistry. And we did our residencies at St. Louis University, all three of us. As a matter of fact, at St. Louis University, there are, uh, with my nephews, uh, et cetera, there are eight of us that went through orthodontics there. Wow. Uh, personally, I love the hike. I used to be a runner for about 50 years, but my back and knees stopped that. But I yep. still can hike. Yep, good. Um, I like to ride bikes. I still ride motorcycles. Where do you like to hike? I'm interested. Well, I love to hike uh, in a national park, in Cauga Valley National Park. I'm down yeah. there probably five to six days a week, two Beautiful. and a half to three hours at a time. So I love, but my favorite places to hike are the Grand Tetons, which I'm going to next week with my. You are? With Zach and my oldest grandson, and we'll do some major hikes out there. I've hiked the Hout Trail in France and Switzerland with my with Alex and my daughter Sarah. Uh, we did that five years ago. Yeah, that's twelve days, one hundred and twenty miles. It's it's very fun. But anyway, I like to do that because I love nature. And you love to be with your family. And I, I think that's one of the things that, that I think is a definition of success. When, you, when you've done something that your family wants to be a part of, wants to be around, wants to come home, you know, they want to come home for Christmas. Like, I, I think that's the definition sometimes of success. And, and the way you describe your level of success, it all revolves around family. And oh, I, I congratulate all you. All family. I have, eight, I have eight grandchildren. Yeah. Another one on the way. <laughs> uh, hopefully so. They become um, exponential after a while. They have, just keep on I coming. Have, I have a lot of fun with them. And I love playing the piano. I played the piano since I was six. So I do that quite a bit. Dr. Joe, what did you find when you wanted to be an engineer and, and found orthodontics? What did you find that you loved about orthodontics? What was the passion there? Because all of that schooling and all of that work that you've had to do to create this and the boards and all the things you've done, it requires some heart. What was it about orthodontia that, that drew you in? Well, I've always been very mechanical. I learned that from my father. Um, 
So I was able to put the engineering part, but I got to see people and I treat people. So it, it, I love inter, interacting with individuals, children and adults. Nowadays, probably over half of our patients are adults, where it used to be 95% children. Really? So, you know, I've been doing this for 42 years, seeing a lot of changes, but it's the, it's the smiles. It's what you see when you're done and you pull out the beginning pictures and say, this is where you started. And the, the eyes go. And um, I think the most fun part about now, and this is why I still go in from time to time, I see the children of people that I treated when they were kids. And I'm a hugger. So I always see them and we give each other big hugs and it's great to see them. And it's like almost every day I see somebody that I treated when they were kids. So that's so much fun for me. And they still smile at me and say, see, I still have great teeth. And so it's, it's what you do that gives you the satisfaction. And that's the thing that that I can't wait to hear about because I know that's not the goal. Like a lot of folks, we start businesses and we have a goal. The goal, I can't believe, man, maybe it was, but I can't imagine that you sat down with your brothers or whoever and said, let's build a business where, where when we see their kids that we serve, they'll smile at us. Like that's not the goal, but that's the dream come true and you don't even realize it. So take me back to the early days, Dr. Joe, and let's, let's go through this and, and tell me about the struggles and the hardships of building this business to where you've got it now where it's perfect. It can't always have been this easy. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I think the other thing that's important is my goal was ne- my goal was always to be the best that I could be, to treat people the best that I could, yeah. uh, and everything else will happen. If you treat people right and you do a great job and they know that you're interested in what they're doing and their results, everything else just happens. Yeah. So when you say, how did this start? Well, I started practice in 1980 with uh, my, one of my younger brothers, Nick. We came back to Akron from St. Louis when the interest rates were 18 to 20%. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we had no collateral, didn't have much money because uh, we paid for school. Yeah. Uh, and I had a six month old son, Zach. So hmm. we borrowed $25,000 at 24% interest. <laughs> wow. Wow. 24% interest, yeah. Joe. And obviously, with two of us, we could not both work in one practice because you're just not going to produce that much that quickly. So we uh, opened an Akron, uh, an office in West Akron, and we opened an office down in Uniontown. Okay. Uniontown because I had a dental classmate who had just started dentistry down there, and he wasn't real busy at the time. So we rented a room from him in his office. And so what we decided is Nick and I would switch every day. One day I'd be in Akron, one day I'd be in Uniontown, and we just kept switching. Um, I thought it, you know, for $25,000 back then, I had to buy orthodontic uh, equipment, I had to buy bands, bonds, pliers, all the lab equipment. And I bought used dental equipment because that's all I could afford. Obviously rented two places, put a phone up at each office and, and away you went. Hey, Joe, quick, quick question before we go there. I'm interested. So 24% interest compared to what we do now and we complain now, <laughs> right? What do you think $25,000 then? Like, what would it take now, do you think, to start a practice the way you did? Is it 100000 Or like, just to give us some relativity? Oh, 
I think most people are 300 to more. Oh, yeah. Okay. So your 25,000 wasn't a little bit of money. The problem nowadays is kids are coming out of dental school with $600,000 worth of debt. So uh, now the question is, how do you borrow money? How do you start a practice? How do you live? Uh, my wife was a clinical nurse specialist, so she worked full time. I was lucky because I have four older sisters and some of my sisters and my mom helped watch my son, Zach, while we were starting a practice. Yeah. The problem with orthodontics is it takes up to two years to show your product. So to get to get dentists to recommend, although I'm from West Akron and I knew some people, it takes a while for them to have confidence in what you could do. So it took us a while. So for the first six months, we hired no one. We answered our own phones. We took all our own x-rays, our impressions. We did everything. Wednesdays, we cleaned the office. Every Tuesday night, we would meet to start and diagnose and treat all new patients that were coming in. So it was interesting. At Christmas, I finally had enough money to buy a Christmas present for my wife. Um, and we laugh about that now. Um, it was It was tough because you had to pay off that loan. And we did in the first two years, it was gone because we, we didn't take income for quite a while. Uh, we just had to keep working every day. We would meet another, go and have lunches with dentists, meet them, got very involved in the community. I instantly got involved uh, on commissions in the Akron Dental Society and even at the Ohio Dental Association. Um, so you did, I coached baseball, I coached basketball, Everything I could do in the community, joined Rotary, was president of Rotary in Uniontown. So you did everything you can to get your face out there. Mm-hmm. And I think an important thing is um, I never thought we wouldn't make it. Mm. Um, and you think, well, why, why would you think that? Well, I know people have failed. Sure. And, and most did, businesses and didn't do. succeed. And even when I was done and I was would would teach or go out to St. Louis or whatever and talk to students, I would encourage them, start your own. Hmm. Um, A lot of people are afraid to start their own. That's, you know, you're putting your foot in and thinking, okay, how's this going to work? But uh, and the ones that did, some of them came back and said, well, I'm glad I did that. I said, yep, you can develop it the way you want to develop. And that's what that's what was tough. That's right. Why weren't you afraid, Joe? Why, what, what was it about your practice or your, what you had done? What, what did you hit on right that caused you to be so confident in such a hard start? I think just treating people well and, okay. and talking to them. I was confident in what I did. We had excellent education. So that never bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and probably down deep, People say, well, why do you succeed? Probably because of the fear of failure. It wasn't that you weren't afraid. It was that you just overcame it. Yep. Yeah, you you just you just keep working. Yep. That's kind of how we got started. And what was the first hurdle as you went along? What was the first thing that uh, you know you you started to realize, wait, hold on, this isn't I didn't expect this. What might that have been? Well, I, I can't say there were hurdles early on. I just everything we faced, we kind of overcame. After okay. six months, we hired a person um, at a front desk and we still kind of worked through things slowly. Um, 
as again, I told you, we treat patients with craniofacial anomalies. So instantly, we also joined the craniofacial team down at Children's Hospital. We had yes. two excellent plastic surgeons um, and the orthodontist that I had worked for. He belonged to that. So he wanted me to get involved. Well, we got involved. And ultimately, we had about seven orthodontists in the Northeast Ohio area. We treated people from Pennsylvania, West Virginia, people with you know craniofacial problems. So we were three of seven orthodontists that rotated through there. Now, you treated them in your own office, but that's where you went to see. And again, you had teams of social workers, hearing, and, because these patients also have hearing and speech problems, yeah. hearing and speech problems. Uh, yeah, uh, just an, a myriad of people that were very good. So we learned a lot, got your name out that way, so it's, as much mm-hmm. as you could. Well, as you as you know, Doctor Joe, I've got some experience of that with my family, and I just God bless you for that kind of work. I I, I never thought of it as an, an engineering thing, but I can't imagine looking at some of the things that you look at and see what it should be, and you're able to build it for like like I say, I have a lot of compassion for this, so I don't know the right words to use, but I mean that's just kind of what you're doing, right? What's really important, and sometimes I look back and say, well, how did I know that? You know what it is and you know what it can be. And then the education and what you've learned is how, what the steps you have to go through to to where you start on an infant. I mean, we would start with infants. They would take impressions that we could make, I could make plates so that they could eat and swallow. And then the surgeries they had to go through. What we learned is when I was going through this early on is a lot of, a lot of these kids had, tremendous amount of surgeries by 12 years old. And the problem is the surgeries caused scarring. The scarring prevented growth. And so what we learned is less surgery, less surgery, less surgery, do what you have to do. But then as they're older, then do some of those surgeries because you needed growth to occur. Yeah. Um, So basically a lot of these kids that started infants, you talk to the parents who are scared to death and you say, Hey, this will be okay. Mm -hmm. And you work through that and but you're going to see them till they're 21. Yeah. And you're on and off and on and off and on and off. There's going to be surgeries that we had great surgeons, uh, plastic surgeons in, at children's and the oldest one, Jim Lehman is retired now, but man, the things, the things we could do, the things uh, he could do, you just kind of shake your head, but it's, it's all a team effort. You know, you need to see this person, you need to see this person, but that's how it worked. Yeah. And um, gratifying um, because a lot of those people grew up, they had kids, and sometimes I see their kids. So, wow. So, you know, that's just that's gratifying. So, what we do is gratifying. And the other yeah. thing, it's different in our situation is in most cases, patients in general, we're not seeing sick people. You know, in orthodontics, it's it's not the person coming in with a terrible toothache. I mean, yes, we have emergencies. Yes, there's accidents. Um, but you're not seeing sick people. So it's a wellness type practice uh, in medicine. So um, I, I guess it's just gratifying. And I love what I do. Yeah. That's why yeah. I still keep my hand in it. Um, I just it, it's a, it's very gratifying. All right, I'm going to keep moving, okay? Yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah. Okay. 
we slowly grew our practice in, in, in five years, we took in my youngest brother, Frank. So at that point, we rented another office, renovated it. And this was down in Jackson Township. And uh, we slowly grew uh, over the next several years. And the one thing we always did, thank goodness we did, is we kept rotating between the offices. So there were three of us, and every day we would rotate to another office. Staff would stay, we would move. And the reason I did that, in case something ever happened to one of us, that um, we all already knew all the patients, and they knew us, so they would hardly see a transition. Well, that worked great until 2003. And my youngest brother, Frank, uh, had an aortic aneurysm, and he passed away. He'd been practicing mm. this for 17 years. Wow. Now, okay. all of a sudden, so you talk about struggles. Now, mm. here we are. Um, he passes away instantly. I happened to be at a dental meeting for the state on sun, on this Sunday down in Columbus. I mean, down in Dayton. I'm driving home with a good friend of mine. My brother, Nick, called and said, Frank's in the hospital. So... Uh, he had already passed. He didn't want to tell me that because I was mm. so far away. Yeah. So I had to uh, rush to the hospital and it was uh, very tough. So for a week, we shut down our practices, buried my brother, and we had a large staff meeting. Obviously, the staff saying, now it's going to happen. Are they going to lay us off? We decided, no. If you're willing to work, if we're willing to travel between the offices, we're going to work five days a week because now two of us are doing what three did. And so we kept everybody. We kept the whole staff and they were, and they were a very good staff, just like our staff today is excellent. Uh, they do anything to make things right and work right. Cause they know our philosophy is, is treating patients well. So that, that worked and that grew for about three more years. Uh, we had to deal with the grief of that. We had to deal with my mother uh, who was, I mean, this is her youngest and it was very difficult for her. And, um, and we needed to move on. So we did. And uh, my fr- brother Frank passed away because he had ultimately 25 years later. At 44, he passed away. At 19, he had Hodgkin's disease. Okay. The treatments they gave then were large amounts of radiation, et cetera, chemotherapy. And they found... 25 years later, a lot of these patients had other issues from the treatments. So that's what ultimately happened. Um, So so Nick and I worked this schedule. My brother and I worked this schedule for three years because Zach was in dental school when this happened. We knew Zach was coming in. So Zach came into practice. Now, there's a caveat to this. All my children at in seventh grade, I had to get a job. I had to work. Okay. So I said, okay, to start, you're going to work in our, in our office. So they came in. I taught them lab work. As they got older and progressed through high school and college, they, were, they learned everything that was legal that they could do, they, were, they could do. So they already knew how our practices worked. So when okay. Zach stepped in, although he stepped in to take Frank's position, he already knew what was going on. He already knew how to do things. So it was a pretty easy transition. That worked well. And there comes another struggle. That worked well for nine months. Okay. Nine months later, I get a call from one of my best friends. 
uh, Dr. Dave Fuller, who owned the practice in Medina at the time. He had sold his practice, sold his home, moved to Florida, and he, he had uh, sold it to a young gentleman who came down with a pretty significant illness. And Dave said, can you guys help? Well, he knew we knew how to make that work because we had already been through it. So, okay, we said, fine. Well, help turned in, that was in November. Help turned into buying the practice because he could no longer run it. So the question is, were we interested? Well, I knew my son Alex was going to be interested. Uh, Nick's kids were interested. Uh, One, specifically the younger daughter, not sure at the time. And um, so we decided, okay, we'll take it over. Now, it's a whole different ballgame. Because now our three practices, we started from scratch. Ah. This new practice in Medina. This one's already got wheels. They, they got wheels. And they yep. run things differently than we do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, staff had to learn our way. Staff had to learn our philosophy. Um, they, we had some very good, we had a few very good staff. And I knew one of them very well uh, because I knew Dave and had been there. And I knew a lot of the dentists in Medina from being a past president of the Ohio Dental Association, which was in 2005, which was a whole different issue because I was going through the chairs of the Ohio Dental Association when Frank died. And my next year, I was going to be president. So I had to sit down with the executive committee and said, listen, because I had to get you. Have, I had 44 days of office time that I had to take out to serve that position. So I didn't take vacation near Oz president, uh, worked extra where I could to, have, to do what I needed to do. And I sat down with that executive committee and said, listen, I'll step down if you think it's appropriate. But I'm willing to do this if you're willing to help me. Everyone, everyone said, we'll do what we need to do. So there were times I needed to meet at different places in Ohio to go to different contingencies, or a, a different constituents. And sometimes I'd ask people on the executive committee, can you go make that visit? Because I can't get there in time and leave the office. Always, always helped out. So I think going through that process of being so busy at the Ohio Dental Association Plus practice uh, helped me get through my grief. That grief. And that was only nine months later. And and I've got a couple of questions, but I want to go back to that nine months. What was the... At that time, so you're nine months in, and I know how hard that is, especially for a family man like you. I, I mean, that is that's hard, and it's still hard. I can see it. At nine months, you could have said, "Told Dave Fuller, look, I'm just not, I'm not in that right space. I'm not in that right place. It's not a good idea for us. We just lost my brother." But you made the choice. What what was the grit? What what got you through that to make that right choice for you and your family moving forward? I have a hard time saying no to good friends. Yeah, because um, that's they're good friends. You know, and um, at that point, I thought, okay, we, we can help. You know, we'll pick days here. We'll pick, we might have to extend your hours to evening, so I'll leave my office and come help. But then as we got into it, we found it was much more involved than that. Um, so. Yeah. Um, Which leads me to my second question, if you don't mind, because I'm, I'm interested. Oh, right ahead. I'm interested in, and you get, now you've got these, this new, we talked about the business that already had wheels. So there's businesses out there right now that they, 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 they grow by merger. They, they take over an insurance book or whatever they do. And, and, and uh, that's hard and you've experienced it. What can you share with us? What's the best way to overcome those hurdles of, of putting your philosophy and your values and your vision 
into a space where it doesn't exist already, and yet they're already an operating business. It just take, it takes time. Is that is that it? Just to stick with it? It, it takes time. You got to stick with it. Um, I knew Dave had a good practice. Uh, the chairman of my orthodontic department at St. Louis University, and the reason I went there was chair at Case Western Reserve when I was there. He left after my second year and went to St. Louis. Well, Dave had the same chairman. So I know Dave had the same uh, treatment philosophies as we did. Some were different, um, but the staff took a while. Again, the, the basis of the staff, there are some really good people that didn't have a, time, didn't have a problem that they saw what we were doing. They saw, they knew why, um, and they'd been there a while. So um, you just work through that, but it takes time to teach the, your philosophy. My, our philosophy is just different. And that's why I think we do well, because it's about patience. Um, and and it, it, theirs was too, ours was just different. And it took a while. I'm glad we stuck with it. Um, now it was a whole different rotation. Now here's the biggest problem. I said to my to my son and my brother, I said, taking over a fourth practice is not 25% more work. It's 50% more work. Ah. And it exactly was. The travel was more. Now all of a sudden I had to schedule three guys through four practices instead of three guys through three, three practices. Because I did all the scheduling. Who goes where when? Mm-hmm. Thank goodness in all those years I never showed up at the wrong office. So because <laughs> um, every day was different. Yeah. So that we worked it and worked it. That, you know, there was some turnover. Um, our philosophy was different. And but Here's the other thing. When you say merge, we yeah, we merge them, but they're still their own practice. They're still Medina. It's the Medina community. And, you know, we've been there over 15 years. So people know us, people understand. And then every now and then it's fun because somebody will come in and say, you know, Dr. Fuller treated me and these are my kids. I said, I still see Dave. I talk yeah. to him, you know, all the time. Um, how's he doing? I say, he's great. And then I call him and tell him so-and-so came in. So he just, he has a blast out of that too. So it, um, it took time. I'm glad we did it. Uh, it's a great community. Always was, uh, even when Dave started there. And, um, so just like everything else we did is fortitude. You put your mind to it and you're going to do it. As we as we reach towards the end here of, of the show, I'm wondering what you're most proud of. My kids. Why? My, my kids. Uh, I think I think one thing is important. Number one, I'm an A-type personality. All people know me know it. Yep. They'll often say, Well, geez, how is it have how is it having your sons work for you? I said, My sons don't work for me. Because I work for them. Well, how can you just give up? You were boss. I said, no, I trust them. I trust they know what they're doing. They have gone way, they've taken things and really zoomed. I mean, you know, you've got, everything is paperless in the office. So computerization. Now we had computers, but not to this extent. We have digital x-rays. I, did you ever go through orthodontic treatment? Do you know what an impression is? Myself? Like, no, but I talked about my, yeah, okay. my family. Yeah. The goop that goes in. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. We haven't I done think that we used a gallon years. of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it, we, we, um, 
everything is digital now in scanners. We don't take impressions in people's mouth anymore. We run a scanner over, we make a model out of that. We have 3D printers running. Um, obviously we do a lot more Invisalign now because that's what people want. And, and in the last five years, it has gotten more sophisticated. So I would never use it early on because I never was uh, confident that it could give me the same result since we're board certified, there are certain things you have to approach. Mm-hmm. And I was never confident that it could give me that result. And now it can. And my boys have taken off with it. Obviously, I know what I'm doing with it, but they, they so it's my kids. And yeah. My legacy is not what I've done. It's what they do. That's what all I do. do. That's how you live through them. And, and I'm wondering if you could tell them now, based on your experience, based on your knowledge over, over the years, what's next for them? Where's the, the opportunity in the future for grit that they're going to have to overcome the hurdle to move forward? What would you tell them? I don't know where the world's going. <laughs> That's oh, one boy. question. I don't know um, if we have enough show for that. <laughs> uh, I think there are... Um, Corporates, a lot of practices and professions, not just dentistry, are going corporate. They're you know, joining hospitals. There are DSOs, which basically are everybody's trying to group and form this big corporation. Um, and my sons and I talk about that. And there, and there are people that have asked us. I think we are going to ultimately be able to offer things that those those people cannot because there's always different orthodontists running through those practices. Our patients are used to seeing us and that's all they're going to see. But they're not going to take on new partners. They're not going to open new practice. I can't tell you how many people have asked us, we buy my practice. No, I got enough going right now. They have enough going. They make that decision, but they yeah. know. And I think it all comes back to how you treat people, how you treat patients. Um, and they are, they, they are very, I'm always a futurist. What am I, you know, in 10th grade, I knew what I was going to do. Yep. And, um, and I always had my kids looking at ninth and 10th grade. What do you think you're going to do? Well, I don't know. Well, you know, everybody says, well, what happened to your daughter? Why didn't she do it? Well, she worked in the office and she said, dad, I don't want to do this. I said, okay, what do you think you want to do? Well, she thought she wanted to go into medicine. So she became, a, my wife worked at children's at the time at hospital in Akron. And so she became a candy striper, my daughter. And then she really thought she was interested in maybe infectious disease. Um, so I introduced her to, I told her to call the man that was the head of the program I knew. And he's probably one of the best infectious disease guys around. He's retired now. So she called him. She said, well, what's he going to say? I said, he's going to tell you, yeah, come in. I'll talk to you. Cause I do that all the time. We have, we have, we have, Patients that think they want to go into dentistry, they come in our office and watch. And some of them, or a lot of them, we've helped into dental school, et cetera. Um, so she did that. And then when she was in med school, he called her and said, Sarah, my son wants to go to med school. Can you help him? What does he need to do to get in? So it's it's the relationships. Yep. So, but I said, Sarah, you still have to work in the office. You still have to work. And she did. I said, it will come around someday and benefit you. So one day she's in emergency, the kid comes in with tremendous mouth injuries with braces on. Well, none of the emergency physicians knew what to do. 
what do we do with this? These wires, everything's all over. She said, excuse me, step aside. She goes in and she takes out what's called the arch wire. So well, how do you know how to do that? She started laughing because she had done, she had worked in that kind of stuff in the office. I said, I told you it would come back. Yeah. So I, I just always found that story interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got other things, but you have to decide what you want to do. For well, <laughs> I, I tell you what, we, 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 we are running out of time. I do, I do have okay. one qu- question for you. And I, I think it might be the very best thing that you can offer our, our listeners at this point, because you mentioned those folks coming out of college with $600,000 in debt oh. um, and they've got it and there's nothing to do about it. And I think that they're just going to have to go and do it right. Get through it. What do you say to young people though? What do you say to a high school, a 10th grader, an 11th grader, a 12th grader? What do you say to a, what does a parent say to them to help them make the right choices so that they can build the right business and have the right future? We know we don't know where the world's going, but you've got to make that conversation with your young people. What do you tell the young people today so they can have the success that you've had? I think the first thing is don't leave. Don't live. When you're in school, don't live beyond your means. Mm -hmm. You don't need a brand new car. You don't need you don't need cable TV, although they think they do. Um, you don't need all those extras. And my kids didn't have it, uh, even when they went through. Said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." And um, the less debt you have coming out, the more confident you can be that you can alleviate that debt. So uh, I think number one, you really have to make sure that's what you want to do. And they come in and watch and they think, you know, I really like this. Okay. Now you're seeing the time we spend in the office. You don't see the 40 hours a week we spend outside the office making all this work so smoothly. So understand and when it's your business, anybody in business knows they spend 80 hours a week in that business. Yep. Uh, you know, I might've worked four days a week when I was fully practicing people. Say, oh man, you got it. Great. I said, okay. Start with me at six in the morning when I go run six to seven miles before I go to work. And then after work, then I coach. Then I try to eat dinner at eight or nine o'clock. And then I'm up till 12 o'clock doing or later doing paperwork, being ready for whatever. So when you can do that, then we'll talk. So you just really have to have you have to determine that's what you want to do. And then you go for it. And then you go for it. And don't you look you don't look back. No. You don't look back. No. The Dash of Grit podcast is brought to you by Spire. Spire creates results-driven digital marketing and websites that help companies grow. Are you ready to break through the barriers that hold your company back? Take your growth higher with Spire. Learn more at spiread.com. Dr. Joe, I want to let you know that the Akron Children's Craniofacial Team changed my family's life. And, and uh, I didn't get to meet you there. I met you later on, but I know that you're a part of that. And I know that there are angels who walk this earth. And I think mm-hmm. that you and, and some others are that type. And I know you're too humble to accept that, but you have changed lives. And I thank you and all the, those of, uh, who do what you do um, for, for making those steps, because it, it makes a huge, huge, huge difference forever in, in, in someone's life. So thank you. Thank you. That's Dr. Joe, folks. Dr. Joe, by the way, before you go, if someone wanted to reach out or find out more about Melian Orthodontics or or even talk to you about uh, life or whatever it might be, oh, how, are, how might they are. reach to you? Uh, call the office. Okay. Call the office. Call, call either office and tell them what they're wanting. If they want to speak to me directly, they'll give me a number and I'll believe me, I'll get back to them. 
Folks, this is Dash of Grit. I love this show because I get to talk to people like Dr. Joe, introduce him to people like you, and I hope that it makes your days brighter, um, more fulfilled, and, and, and maybe even more confident that you can go on and take on life's challenges too. Because when you look back, right, Dr. Joe, you look back, these hurdles, these bumps, they don't seem so big. They're big, but you got through them and you built something beautiful. And congratulations for that. Thank you. Yeah, you learn you learn something from every bump. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I believe that. This is Dash of Grit, folks. We do this once a week. Tune in next time. We'll be here. You be here too. Until then, stay gritty and win the day. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. 